heard you playing your guitar. I felt as if my hearing were bright with fairy music. Do not leave us. Come, sit down. Play for us again. And I will write a long song concerning a guitar. Moved by what I said, she stood there for a moment, then sat again to her strings, and they sounded even sadder, although the tunes were different from those she had played before. The feasters, all listening, covered their faces. But who of them all was crying the most? This Zhou Jiang official. My blue sleeve was wet. This is Radio Taiwan International. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? When Taiwanese people think of green spaces, the mouth of the Danshui River may not be the first place to come to mind. By the time it reaches the sea, the river has flowed through much of the Greater Taipei area, joined along the way by tributaries draining other parts of the city. Whatever people put into the river further upstream, it eventually ends up here. But as it approaches its mouth, the Danshui River is lined with green spaces important ones that are home to wildlife and that help with the upkeep of both land and water. These are mangrove swamps, and if you're in Taipei, you don't have to go too far out of your way to appreciate them. A stretch of swamp right next to the Taipei Metro's red line is a protected area, popular among birdwatchers and daytrippers. And right inside Hongshulin Station, you'll find the Mangrove Ecocenter, a hall looking out onto the swamp that explains how the mangrove ecosystem fits together. What is a mangrove swamp, though? And what do they do? What lives in this particular mangrove swamp? And why is it important to Taipei? Here to answer these questions today is the Ecocenter's Mr. He. Mangrove swamps form across the tropics and subtropics, in coastal areas like this one with brackish water. As the name suggests, the tree-like mangrove plant plays a central role. These plants stand on high roots that are exposed above mudflats when the tide goes out and are covered in water when it rolls back in. These plants have what it takes to survive in this tidal environment. They are able to handle big variations in humidity and survive in soils with lots of salt and little oxygen. You won't find the world's biggest mangrove swamps in Taiwan, but you will find them spread over a wide range here. The west side of the island is flat, encouraging the kinds of muddy tidal zones ideal for mangrove growth. That's why you can find mangrove swamps scattered down the whole of the west coast. The protected swamp at Hongshulin is one of around a dozen mangrove preserves around Taiwan today. The mangrove shrubs at Hongshulin are mostly of the species Candalia obovada. You can find other species elsewhere in Taiwan. They grow to several meters high, making the Hongshulin swamp look like a flooded forest at high tide. By comparison, many other creatures that call this swamp home are tiny and hard to spot. But if you look carefully, they're there. 
they're well-nourished, too. The dense mangrove shrubs hold in organic material floating down the river or in with the tide, and the shrub's own leaves and branches fall from time to time, adding to the richness of the muddy soil. All this is the basis of a food chain. First, there are creatures like fish, shrimp, crabs, and shellfish. There are between 50 and 60 crab species found here alone, most notable of which is the fiddler crab. At low tide, you can see fiddler crabs down around the mud flats. The motion they make with their big front claw, which English speakers liken to playing a fiddle, is seen by Chinese speakers as a beckoning motion, hence their Chinese name, tide beckoning crab. The swamp serves as a nursery for fish, too. Some of them are economically important. The most interesting fish here, though, are those adapted for long-term living in this area, with its swings in tides, salt levels, and humidity. For example, the mudskipper can leave the water entirely if it wants to, surviving on land thanks to a part of its body called a water storage atrium. Mudskippers often spend time on the mudflats here, too, though you'll have to look hard to see them. They only grow up to 8 centimeters long, and often burrow anyway. The little insects and other creatures that feed on the swamp's nutrients serve as their food. Fish, shellfish, and all the rest must in turn watch out for the birds. The swamps are a great place for migrating birds to grab a snack. If you have the right binoculars and timing, you might catch birds like the little egret, the sacred ibis, and the majestically named black-crowned night heron. Mr. He says that altogether, the Hongshulin Swamp has what he calls four treasures. The local mangrove species, the fiddler crab, the mudskipper, and the little egret. So what's the big deal about mangrove swamps? What's a mangrove swamp ever done for us? To hear Mr. He describe it, it sounds like we'd be in bad shape indeed without them. We've already seen how they give a nutrient base for a food chain and how they feed important fish species too. But they also do all of this. Stop erosion and flooding, store up water, help control groundwater levels, and even filter and clean water. As if all these free services weren't enough, they also give researchers a place to do their work and draw in bird watchers and tourists, people who will want to eat and spend money nearby. Thanks, mangrove swamps. Given how much we hear about habitat destruction, it's surprising to learn that in Taiwan at least, the range of mangrove swamps has grown. Mr. He says that education and policy have worked. It definitely helps, though, that mangrove swamps can just grow on their own. They don't need us to do anything special. Mr. He says if you don't bother the mangrove plants, they'll just keep growing. And over the decades, the Hongshulin Swamp has added many hectares. Isn't water quality a problem, though? Mr. He says that tests show that water quality in the Danshui River isn't bad enough to harm the mangrove swamps. And he says to a certain extent, mangroves can filter pollutants. Floating trash is a problem, and nearby human development is one of the biggest threats swamps like Hongshulin face. Nature isn't always on the swamp side either. Mangrove plants can stand up to a lot, 
but if a strong enough typhoon comes along, they can still be knocked over. And then there's the mangrove plant's great enemy, insects. There are moths that eat their leaves and other insects that kill the plants by boring into their trunks. The worst offender is the citrus longhorned beetle. In a way, it's natural selection. But with human threats as well, there's a lot the swamps are up against. There was a time, though, when the human threat was much worse, before all these nature preserves. The Hongshulin Reserve was founded in 1986, with today's Eco Hall added when the Red Line was built in the 1990s. It's one of the oldest protected swamps in Taiwan, and as we've said, the swamp has grown through the years, spanning more than 76 hectares today. Inside the Eco Hall, you'll find displays on everything we've talked about today, including plenty of pictures showing the swamp's wildlife, even its more shy residents. Exit from the hall out a back door, and there you are, on your way to see the swamp up close. A raised wooden walkway above the watery mud takes you in among the mangrove plants. When the tide isn't sloshing in, the swamp is a still sort of place, and the thick mangrove foliage makes things below hard to see at first. Look around, though, and you'll find people stop with binoculars or peering over the railing. That's where you'll find birds, fiddler crabs, and maybe even a sunning fish or two. They're all reminders that even on the outskirts of a big city like Taipei, nature keeps pushing forward. And often, when that nature's left alone, its coast-protecting, water-cleaning powers make our human habitats much better places to live. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Live from the studio, a sneak peek at what goes on behind the scenes at RTI. Hello and welcome back to Live from the Studio. I'm Jake Chen. This week, we are going to continue our conversation with Shirley Lin, my colleague here at RTI and the host of In the Spotlight. It is a weekly talk show in which Shirley invites guests from all walks of life and with different kinds of backgrounds to talk about their life here in Taiwan. We get to hear their stories on the show, and from foreign nationals, we often get to hear their unique take on Taiwan. 
in past conversations, Shirley had talked to us about some of the features that have attracted foreign nationals to visit and some to even resettle in Taiwan. Most of their impressions of the island have been very positive. However, as it is with most places, one would often find little things here and there that they find difficult to get used to or to deal with. I mean, there have been, yes, but I'm trying to think what it was. Um, some things, maybe like culture-wise, that they're not used to. I'm trying to think. Um, Is it the way people communicate? People tend not to be very direct here. Oh, I don't hear that as much, but um, they tend... Yeah, I mean, yes, yes, in a way, yeah. People are not as direct and, yeah, they're having to guess and they get a little frustrated, you know, just a little frustrated, yeah. Yes. You know, people are just very... You know, it's... Uh, nah, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, how do you translate that? Um, they're very... Uh, it's it's a combination of being coy and being uh, implicit, you know. Implicit. They're not very direct. Yes, yes, mm. yeah. They're, they're... Yeah, it's sort of like a very... Fake form of politeness, maybe. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call. They don't it, want to be too direct. I wouldn't call it fake polite. I mean, if you are polite in, in, in general. Well, but, yes, it yeah. is polite, but but they're not being very direct. <laughs> right to get their points across. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Apart from that. Yeah, I think. Um. Yes, I think probably mostly. And now I remember is um. If any, it's in the workplace. You know the 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 company policies and. Oh. You know um, how you communicate, and or or you know these Taiwanese bosses, you know what they expect of you, and they find it really hard to adjust to, you know things like that. Yeah. Is it that um, Taiwanese supervisors ask a lot out of them, or is it that they're not being direct? Um, they care more about the the way things are done. Uh, you know, like the process. But I think most foreigners or like from Western countries, um, bosses, they care more about the end result. Right. I, don't, I think that's the only thing they care about. Right? right. Yeah. So that's the difference. And they think, then why do you care so much about how it's done as long as I get it done? Or, you know, so, yeah. Um, it, it, now I recall about a friend who um, used to work for a, a Taiwanese company. Um, uh, actually, the the, the popular um, uh, brand of electric scooters, oh. and she's from the states, and um, it, it was very fortunate she got the job, you know, coming here. But she has left since then, and it was more about the work culture in Taiwan that she wasn't quite used to, so oh. she chose to leave. Yeah, which is, I I, I was shocked to find that, but um, but yeah. I respect her for. <laughs> she just find it really stressful. Um, just uh, they expect you to be on top of all the trends in Taiwan, you know, and and yeah, they make a big deal about that. Yeah. And if you're not, then you're not fit for this job or something. I don't know. I'm. I'm. That's just yeah. The the the, the last thing I said was just really my my own opinion. But anyway. Well, as it is in most places and cultures, it's not all champagne and roses for people who live here for the long run, be it for nationals or returning locals. Please tune back in next week 
and we'll further explore the topic of cultural differences and what this could mean for people living here in Taiwan. For live from the studio, I'm Jake Chen. Talk to you next week. What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm. What do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit english.rti.org.tw. Listen to the real Taiwan. Pull yourself together already. It's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast. This is Ellen Chu. And this is Andrew Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, I'm so glad the elections are over. Yes, it's been drama, dramatic. So dramatic. Yes, dramatic. Dramatic. Say it with a French accent, it's more okay. dramatic. So, of course, every time there's an election, there's some mm-hmm. kind of food-related incident that happens. Well, there's so many different things, you know, related to election. There's, like, icons, there's different kind of, like, slogans, you mm-hmm. know, things, and, you know, label to people. Gimmicks, little giveaways. Right. But, parades. But food, this year, I haven't caught any. There is one very interesting story, and it mm-hmm. came from an independent candidate for Taipei mayor called mm-hmm. Wu Yang, who touted the health benefits of drinking honey lemon. Ooh. You know what? We have actually a report on that. Let's have a listen. Okay. It's safe to say that independent Taipei mayoral candidate Wu Yang left an impression during last Saturday's televised debate. Wu broke into song, sparking YouTube covers and suggestions that he go into the music business. Wu also claimed that drinking honey lemonade had helped him clear up a skin condition and a tumor. Wu's remarks caused a stir, and according to the Taipei Times, a sudden uptick in online searches for both Wu himself and honey lemonade. But doctors say there is no scientific backing for Wu's claims. Doctors also warn that the high sugar content of honey means that regular drinkers of honey lemonade may be consuming too many calories and might also be at risk of cavities. They also say that drinking too regularly could lead to excess acidity in the stomach. John Van Trieste, RTI News. Okay, so uh, that's what we're talking about, Alan Chu. You know, he's not really into for election. I think he's just... You know, he might be owning like a, you know, lemon farm or a bee, honey bee farm. And he's just doing promotion for his business. You know, because 
the issues that he talked about and the things that he did during the debate is just promoting himself to make people, you know, realize that there is this person. Right. It doesn't make make you think that he's actually legitimately running for mayor. Right. Um, so he was saying that drinking the honey lemon cleared up his skin condition and, you know, got his tumor, you know, away. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's a little bit unusual. So, you know, whoever votes for him, I think you need more than, you know, honey and lemon to cure yourself. <laughs> Just go and support his business, okay? Yeah, no, I think I think or, it'll or be don't, wonderful. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's it's a it's a it's a very unusual situation. Yeah. I think what is more alarming is the fact that like a lot of people started to do searches online for honey lemon and like honey lemonade and, and You know, this is the thing in Taiwan, you know, whether it's positive news or negative news mm. you know whatever is in the news people start s- searching for it mm-hmm. and the people try to it, it just becomes like you know viral yes well i think that's not just in taiwan that's that's everywhere in the world yeah you have that situation strange well we were inspired by uh this uh, story about honey lemon we are not promoting this candidate and of course the elections are already over however we are very much interested in lemons and we're going mm-hmm. to be talking about lemons in today's program. In fact, the the title of this show is called This Show is No Lemon. Oh. So we'll tell you why it's not a lemon. Okay. Uh, But we're going to go into our menu first. Shall we do it? All right. In our first course, we'll tell you some fun facts about lemon. That's right. In our second course, we're going to tell you about a lemon-related drink that might help you with your headaches. Ooh, in our third and final course, we'll introduce a salty and sour drink from Hong Kong. That's right. But first, a song. It's called Lemon Tree. And this is actually not the original by Su Hui Lun. Right. Or by the Western band. This is a new version, which I actually quite like. Oh. Surprisingly. It's by Joanna. Wang Ruoling. Much more to come when the feast continues. Kurangutanda 
寻你总是望着蓝蓝海面，说着流浪过的梦容易实现。这句话什么意思？我不清楚。First course. Okay, fun facts about lemon. I know lemon. lemon has lots of vitamin C. That's right. In fact, lemons have what percent? I have. I found it. I found the percent. It is. Sixty-four percent of your daily value in a one hundred gram serving.、Mm. Although I don't think you're going to eat a hundred grams of lemons, are you? No, I don't think so. <laughs> But you know, you interesting know. fact: origin unknown. They are thought to have first grown Assam. Okay, where Assam tea is? Oh, in northeast India. So you should put like lemon with Assam tea. Oh, <laughs> but not with milk. No, right? No,、okay. no, no, no. Okay, so it's northeast India or Burma or China. That's right. A study has found that actually lemons are a hybrid between bitter orange and citron.、Mm. And actually, lemons entered Europe near southern Italy no later than second century AD during the time of ancient Rome. But you know they were not really widely cultivated. They were later introduced to Persia、mm. and then to Iraq, Egypt, around about seven hundred AD. So they came to the Americas in 1493. They were brought by Christopher Columbus. He brought lemon seeds. They were mainly used as ornamental plants and for medicine. And then in the 1800s, they were increasingly planted in Florida and California, which is, I think, where we associate a lot of lemons as being from, right?、Hmm. Yes. And in 1747, James Lind's experiment on seamen suffering from scurvy involved scurvy. yeah <laughs> adding lemon juice to their diet. So though vitamin C was not known yet. Okay, so they did know that if you had lemons, then it would cure you of scurvy,、mm-hmm. which is you know what what you get when you're on a boat for a long time without any citrus fruits,、mm. without any vitamin C.、Mm-hmm. The origin of the word lemon may be Middle Eastern. The word draws from the old French limon, then Italian limone, or、mm-hmm. I guess that's how you say it, and then from the Arabic lemon, lemon,、mm-hmm. or limun, and from the and Persian, Persian limun. A generic f- term for citrus fruit. It was a cognate of Sanskrit called nimbu or lime, lime. which、okay. is interesting because the Chinese also kind of is related, right? Nimong, nimong, nimbu, nimong. Yes, nimbu. Lemon is yes. Cantonese, yeah. Uh, ling, 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 ling. Okay, so 
nutrition factor, we said, 64% of vitamin C. And so, you know, people say that it boosts up your immune system. It doesn't get your tumor away, but it boosts up your yeah. immune system, okay? <laughs> right. So other uses, well, you, it's good for cleaning greasy stuff. Yeah, it's a cleaning agent. A lot of uh, things have like a lemon smell right. to it, right? And aromatherapy. It's supposed to relax you. Okay, and attach electrodes to a lemon and use it as a battery-produced electricity. Actually, we did that when I was in, in the States. Really? In elementary school. I think it works with a lot of veggies. It's but like we used it and then, you know, attached to a light bulb. And it, can, it produces just a tiny bit of electricity. Right. It's not a huge amount, mm -hmm. right? Preservative so, for food, like apples, avocados, to stop from browning. Oh. It's a short-term preservative. It's not okay. like one of those things that can add to the shelf life. Hmm. So who produces the most lemons in the world? India produces 3 million tons wow. a year. Wow. Followed by Mexico, China, Argentina, Brazil, and Spain. Mm. The total world production of lemons and limes in 2016 was 17.3 million tons. Wow. So what is a lemon and why? You, U.S. and British people slang from the early 1900s describe a highly flawed item. It might come from slot machines. Lemon is the lowest value item. Oh. So if you get three lemons. Three lemons. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, an ad campaign for Volkswagen in 1960 used the word lemon to describe a problematic car. And that's actually kind of how we use it until this day, right? Mm. Oh, I got a lemon. Other idioms. Go suck a lemon. You go suck a lemon, lemon, lemon yes. you? <laughs> when life give you lemons, make lemonade. That is, that's kind of my slogan, I think. It's like improvise. Yeah. Yeah. Make a bad situation into a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we come back in our second course, we're going to talk about how lemons can uh, be used to make a drink that might help with your headaches. Ooh. First, another song is called Yue Xiang Ling Mong. The Moon is Like a Lemon, and this is an old retro song. It's by Yao Su Rong. All right. Chi 
listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. Oh, do you get headaches, Helen Chew? Um, I have to say, where's the wood? Oh, your head. Uh, okay, not head. really. <laughs> I hardly get headaches. Oh, apparently migraines mm-hmm. affect almost one in ten people. Ooh. In the United States, about 36 million people mm-hmm. get migraine headaches. And actually, interestingly enough, migraines are in the top 20 complaints that cause people to call in sick for work. Wow. So if you could eliminate migraines, that mm. would be fantastic. Well, you know, here are the symptoms just says if you're having a migraine or will benefit from the lemon salt water, like head throbbing, nausea, nausea vomiting, numbness, tingling, dizziness, sensitive to light, noise, and smell. Ooh, and also pain that lasts from 2 to 72 hours. So some of the causes for migraines are stress. Apparently, uh, migraines can start as a stress headache, and then once the wheels get going, it moves into a full-blown migraine in no time at all. Yes, alcohol consumption can cause some people to develop migraine. Isn't that like a hangover? (laughs) (laughs) Allergies can set off a chain reaction that develop into a migraine. Yes, basically my son, he Mm. always says he has a headache. And then it's because it's sinus. Oh, he gets clogged up. Mm -hmm. Also deficiencies in vitamins and minerals can cause a migraine to start. The most common cause seems to be dehydration, electrolyte imbalance, That is a sure way to feel sluggish, okay? If you are already prone to migraines, you could be leading your body to a huge headache. So get lots of fluids, drink lots of water. Mm -hmm. Other thing here is this lack of magnesium could be a cause of headaches. This is a natural anti-inflammatory. Well. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's a magic potion, and this is, again, not guaranteed. We are not doctors or nutritionists, but it's something that some people have found helpful. So what do you need? You need water, lemon juice from a lemon, and two teaspoons of salt. You combine the ingredients and drink it and wait a few minutes. Shake your body. Shake your body. Yeah. You need to use good salt too. Pink Himalayan salt is a good one Mm -hmm. uh, because it has 80 different trace minerals including magnesium. it's kind of like rock salt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mineral salt. The real deal. Mm Mm-hmm. So, common migraine triggers, uh, there's uh, a lot of foods that could cause migraines that you want to avoid. So, a lot of alcoholic beverages, caffeinated drinks, monosodium glutamate, citrus fruits. But lemon's okay. Oh, that's strange, huh? Yeah. Nuts and peanuts, tomatoes, onion, corn. Mm. My favorite corn. Dairy. Surprising. Chocolate. Apples. Bananas. Eggs. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Meat. Wheat. Oh, sorts of things you never expect, right? Mm. So those are the dirty dozen. So uh, if you want to uh, give that a shot, maybe you can try a little salt, a little lemon, Mm. a little water, and see if it works for you. Okay. When we come back in our third course, we're going to actually be serving up a salty lemon beverage. Mm -hmm. Um, But first, we have another song. Mm -hmm. And the song is called Gong Gong Pian Tou Tong. Grandpa Has a Migraine. By Jay Cho. Cho Jilun. Back in a moment when peace continues. Oh, 
夜晚还梦中见到了屏风，却只有几个流转无度的你背诵。凭着些高冷事实，该不才能沟通。失败的专利太紧张，难收集本领。无谓的繁华，常在革命来去匆匆。发觉的内容，大家都从容。流转的宽容，只是多开动。我是个穷学家，穷学分子，穷来，却一直装疯狂。被所有写下。Third course. What are we talking about, Lenchu? We're talking about lemon, and basically, we talked about the good thing about lemon being able to make into a drink. This is lemon juice,、It's、lemon cider, 咸柠檬水 Oh, hmm. So a lot of、um, wow Hong Kong cafes, ha, 餐厅 or little tea shops, they will. Serve up what is preserved limes. You can also use preserved lemons, but、uh, and they call it xian ni meng. But they're actually limes by nature, and they've been put in salt, so they're salty、mm-hmm. and limey. And then they put it inside Sprite、mm. or Seven Up. Actually, it's pretty good. Is it? It's a little、yeah. bit salty, a little bit sweet. Uh, the sweet is less. But the salty gives it a nice kick to it. So it's a little bit unexpected. Usually, we don't have lemon and salt together. It it makes the the sour part、mm. like very smooth.、Mm. It doesn't make you go ooh, it's so sour. It's lemon. It cuts down on that um that that that, that、uh, tartness. That, yeah. Yeah. So it's nice because it's one of those combination foods we've talked about this before, where you have more than one flavor at the same time. You have sour, you have salty, you have Himalayan sweet. Himalayan salt? I don't think they'd use Himalayan salt, Ellen、okay. Chu, but you know, maybe salt, just regular salt from Himalaya. Yeah, this isn't probably going to cure your migraine okay. headache. Okay, I don't have migraine,、soon. so I have no problem with so, that. Yay! yay. <laughs> Apparently, they also make a they call what's called Dong Ning Cha, so、mm-hmm. it's like a iced tea with lemon in lemon it as well. Lemon in there, and also Dong Ning. Dong Ning Shui is not、uh, with salt.、Mm-hmm. It's just Ning Mong and a little bit honey. Honey, I honey see. Honey water, yeah. And water. So it is、mm-hmm. exactly what this politician was talking about. Yeah.、Sure. So he he's probably from Hong Kong, Canton, <laughs> or somewhere. I don't know. I'm sure that's what it is. I, I for a while I was drinking like honey water. You were. What happened? 
uh, honey lemon water. You were drinking it all the time. Yeah, it's like um, I put I put the lemon slice uh-huh. and I freeze it in the refrigerator in in the freezer. Okay. And then for probably until it gets a little bit frozen, uh-huh. and I slice it. Okay. And then I would add honey into it. And then pour water. And then the next day, I would just take out the lemon uh-huh. and put it into my normal water. Oh, I see. But that is the secret recipe where they say when you put the lemon inside the normal water, the vitamin C will be preserved inside. Oh, I see. So you're getting more vitamin C out of it. Right. More bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Then if you if, just had lemon juice? Yeah, because once you, like, you know, slice it, I think all the vitamin C actually just, you know... Aren't you slicing oxidized. it too? Yeah, but I freeze it first. You freeze it, so you I don't let it sit it. out. I freeze it first and then slice it and then put honey and add water and then put it into a jar. It's mm. like preserving it mm-hmm. and for a day, overnight. Do you leave the jar out or do you put it in the fridge? I put it in the fridge. Okay. So right. actually you're getting more taste out of it too because it's got the rind in it, right? Right. And the rind is where a lot of the essential oils right. of the lemon are. So it's really good. You know, when you make a lot of recipes for like lemon desserts, they call for the zest of the lime rather mm-hmm. than the lime juice or the zest of the lemon rather than right. the lemon juice uh-huh. because you get more flavor out of that. Yes. Yeah. A lot of nutrition nutrition's in the rind too. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can just eat it. Mm. Do you, so do you eat the lemon pieces after you're done? No, I don't. You just toss them? Yeah. Okay. You Maybe I should them. like put it on my face or something. Yeah. Right? I'll put it on your face. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do people use that as skincare, like lemon slices? Yeah, they do. Oh, what does it do to you? Is it Whitening. S- it's not really like... Whitening? Well, it's not sour, I guess. It's not white. sour, yeah. Because like lemons whitening. are basic, right? It's like They're vitamin not sour. C. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Have you ever done that before? No. Okay. Maybe you yeah. should try that. Okay. And report back to us. I said, I'm going to have a breakout. <laughs> I'd be afraid to. It seems like it would like, it'd be acidic. But I mean, I know it's not acidic. If your but... skin is like sensitive, probably. I don't know. Mm. Never tried it. So why did you stop drinking the lemon juice? It's just like daily. It's a know? hassle. It's, it, it's a hassle, first of all. And lemon was getting expensive. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't cheap during the summertime. Okay. So I basically, you know, I started again just mm. recently. You know, yeah. I started to freeze some in the refrigerator. And then, you know, I just take out lemon slices, add water. Mm-hmm. You know, just a refreshing drink. I think it's a nice change on just straight old water, right? Yeah. And a lot of people say that drinking it daily, it's... You get cavity, but I'm I'm still thinking, why? Mm. It's too acidic. Mm. But I'm not drinking the water. I'm just taking out the lemon. You, know, you do have to be careful because uh, I've heard also that people say you should drink it with a straw rather than letting the right. lemon juice hit your teeth because it breaks down on the enamel. enamel. Right? Yeah. So people who do have a lot of lemonade or like drink a lot of lemonade or a lot of lemon juice uh-huh. every day should probably be careful about okay. that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Watch out for your teethies, okay. your pearly whites. All right. I would hate for anything to happen to them. All right. Oh, I heard that. Okay. <laughs> I heard your teeth chattering. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's our look at uh, very unusual election-related food. Okay. Lemon. Okay. This year's lemon. That's that, right. He was feeling a little bit sour pus. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. 
Okay. So people want to write to us. Where can they write, Ellen Chu? P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. And email us at androo at rti.org.tw. Next Saturday in the Feast, join us for a show that we're calling You Don't Know Squat About Radishes. All right. We're so be- if you know about it, join us, okay? <laughs> we're going to test Andrew on his ability to squat, okay? And Ellen on her knowledge of radishes. Great! A test for each of us. A physical test for me, a mental test for you. (laughs) So we have one final song. It is Ning Mong Tian Tian Ni. So that means lemon is sweet for you. I guess so. I think it sounds like lemons are licking you, but... Yeah, (laughs) I know. But those are the actual characters. Lemons are sweet for you. Okay. By Hu Wei Jian. Okay. For PC Test, I'm Andrew Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.